Welcome to the Essential Astrocast. I'm your host, Veronica Peretti. I'm an astrologer and a yoga teacher, and each week I let you know what's going on up there in the heavens so that you can dictate your fate down here on Earth. So before we get into the episode, I wanted to mention that I heard your requests. A lot of you said that you were interested in my new moon and full moon restorative rituals, but you were not interested in practicing yoga with me during the week. So I heard you. I get it. We started something new in online yoga club. It's called the moon membership, and you can join me monthly for the new moon and the full moon restorative rituals, and also get a guided meditation each month for the planetary season that we are in. If you were interested in joining me for those new moon and full moon rituals and getting a guided meditation each season, the moon membership is perfect for you. It's a great way for you to develop a relationship with the moon cycle. So I hope you'll join us. You can head over to my website, veronicaparetti.com slash moon membership, and I will link it up in the show notes below. Welcome back to the Essential Astrocast. I'm Veronica, and I'm so happy to be with you this week. I took a week off last week because it was a quiet week in the sky, which doesn't happen that often. And I had some personal stuff to tend to as there always is when we're in the vortex of eclipse season. So we've been in the vortex of eclipse season for about a week since the last lunation, which was the full moon in Libra. And now We move toward the new moon in Taurus on Saturday. So this new moon is occurring near the North Node, which makes it an eclipse. So here's a quick primer on eclipses for you. When you have a new moon or a full moon that occurs close to the North Node or the South Node, then we have a lunar or a solar eclipse. A new moon is a solar eclipse and a full moon is a lunar eclipse. So this is a solar eclipse, a partial solar eclipse is that. So it's not total, and it's only going to be visible, I believe, in the very, very most southern part of South America and South Africa and Antarctica. Most of us are not going to be seeing this eclipse, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't have a pull on you as a human being. So emotionally, these planets have a pull on us. We know that, right? That's why astrology works, because we see these patterns and these cycles play out in our lives. So a partial eclipse is kind of like a brownout, not a blackout. So if you're familiar with that term, usually a brownout means that your lights might flicker, the TV might turn off and on, but you're not going to go into a total blackout power outage. So partial eclipse, it's kind of like the lights are flickering, something's up, the power's not working exactly like it's supposed to. There's some interruption. And that might be how you feel over the next few weeks as we move through eclipse season. So eclipse season always officially kicks off with the lunation before the eclipse. So that was the full moon in Libra just over a week ago. And 
it ends with the lunation after the last eclipse. So we're going to be in this, what I call a vortex or a portal for a number of weeks. And that's okay. It is permission from the universe to sit back, relax, and receive, especially when we're looking at a solar eclipse taking place near the North Node. It is an invitation to receive. It's about opening your palms, taking in whatever comes, expecting the unexpected. Now, this particular new moon solar eclipse has a lot going on, and it actually feels pretty good. It feels pretty positive. Now, I know enough about astrology not to ever predict what the eclipses are going to give us because they will always give us what is not expected. But this does seem like a benevolent eclipse, if ever there were one. In ancient times, they were considered evil because, of course, people were concerned. They didn't understand what was going on when the light goes out, whether it's the light of the moon or the light of the sun that's being blocked from our vantage point on Earth. And therefore, people believed that they were evil or up to no good. But of course, we know that eclipses are natural. They happen twice a year. We go through eclipse season. You and I might just not live in the place where the actual eclipse is visible. Now, when the light of the sun is obscured, which is what happens in a solar eclipse, a new moon eclipse, then our life force, our prana, is a little funky because the sun is our life giver. So you might feel really exhausted this week. You might feel really wired. You might feel like you can't sleep. You might even have bouts of insomnia. That's very common around eclipses. So you want to make sure that you ground your energy this week and through the next few weeks. You want to take deep breaths and you want to pause. Everything when it's eclipse season feels like an absolute emergency and very rarely in life unless you are a doctor, is it actually an emergency? So remember that even if you're feeling the pull to rush and go make a decision or rush and go take action, it might be the pull of the eclipse energy and not something that's actually requiring immediate attention. So just take a pause, take a breath and say, is this something that truthfully needs immediate action or not? Because the thing about eclipse season is that we don't do manifestation work during this time. We sit back and let the eclipse do its thing because our life giving luminaries, the sun and the moon are not working at their normal speed. We're not getting that normal charge from the moon and the sun. Therefore, we don't want to do spiritual rituals when our life-giving luminaries are not operating normally. So it's like if you are going through a brownout, you don't necessarily want to put on your coffee maker, the TV, all the lights in the house and the microwave at the same time, right? You are going to sit back, let it do its thing and hope it passes. And I live in New York City. So whenever there is too much pressure on the system, 
with Con Edison, they tell us to make sure you're not using the washer and the dryer and the microwave and the whatever. Prioritize the air conditioners and the elevators because that's really important here in New York City. And of course, those things usually happen in the summer in New York and it's really hot. So that is just an example. It's my metaphor for how eclipses work and I hope it helps it all make sense for you. Now, this is our first eclipse with the North Node in Taurus because we had a Taurus eclipse way back, November 19th, 2021. Feels like so long ago, but it's not. Just six months ago, we had a Taurus eclipse. It was at 27 degrees Taurus, but it was near the node, but not with the node in Taurus. The node was actually in Gemini. So that eclipse was a full moon lunar eclipse with the node still in Gemini and Sagittarius. So this eclipse is going to have a very different flavor, but look back in your journal and check in and what was going on in November, because you might have some ripples from that time. You might have some things that remind you of that time, but it's also in a very different part of your chart. This new moon solar eclipse is going to be in Taurus at 10 degrees. It's not a full moon lunar eclipse. It's a new moon solar eclipse. It's a different vibe. When you have the new moon solar eclipse with the North node, as I mentioned, it's an invitation to receive, to open yourself up to what's coming. So there is a sense of fresh new beginnings with this particular eclipse. And I know you're feeling that because there's so much happening in the world and everyone I'm talking to, it just feels like their life is going really fast right now. So if you have anything in the fixed signs of Taurus, Scorpio, Leo, or Aquarius around 10 degrees, this eclipse is definitely going to be hitting you in a major way. If you have anything around 10 degrees in your chart, it is going to get activated by the eclipse as well. So truly, it's all happening. That is my eclipse motto every six months when we get to eclipses. It's all happening. That's my motto. It's from the movie Almost Famous, which I love. It's one of my favorite movies. And in that movie, Kate Hudson very mysteriously says to the young man, it's all happening. And it feels like that. Eclipse season is that magical, mystical time. I always joke that in astrology, 90% is free will. 10% is that stuff that we just don't get. We just don't have control over. And that is usually pertaining to the nodes. And the nodes are what make eclipses eclipses. So when we're in eclipse season, we are working with destiny. We're working with the unknown. We're working with deeper levels of our karma and our dharma and past lives and where we're going and all of that stuff that is really exciting, at least to me, but might give you a sense of freak out if you are a person that feels like you really need to control things, which generally I am, but I guess I've just been cognizant of eclipses for long enough that I'm used to sitting back, relaxing and letting them do their thing. And as I say this, I know that I'm going to jinx myself and this weekend I'm going to be very upset with whatever (laughs) comes up because something will come up and this is actually hitting my chart pretty profoundly. So I am watching closely. So 
normally when we are in the last week of a lunar cycle, we feel heavy. We are called inward. We get quiet because we are moving toward this new moon. We're at the end of the lunar cycle, but we're in the eclipse portal. Things are actually feeling a little bit amped up versus what they would normally be, which is you're dialing down. So you might feel super amped up right now. You might be feeling like you just stayed up way past your bedtime and now you have this second wind and it's that kind of frenetic, nervous energy that's not so useful where you just end up binge watching TV until three in the morning and then you feel terrible the next day. Um, It kind of can feel like that this week. Or you might be really overwhelmed by emotion or overwhelmed by exhaustion or completely overexcited about something. Everything is amped up. Everything is just running high right now. So be mindful of that as you move through the world and you enter into conversations with other people because they're experiencing that amped up emotional energy too. Now, there's something else going on this week that's pretty, pretty cool, which is that Venus is in a thruple with Jupiter and Neptune. So my friend Catherine Urban wrote that they're in a thruple in her blog, and I'm stealing that from her because it's exactly what's going on. So in astrology, when three or more planets come together, they form what we call a stellium, Right now, we have four planets in Pisces, but three of them are extremely close together. And for all intents and purposes, they are conjoined, conjunct. So Venus is with Jupiter and Neptune, and it perfects this week because Venus is going to meet up with both of them. She'll meet up with Neptune on Wednesday and Jupiter on Saturday. This whole week, we are working with Venus in a thruple with Jupiter and Neptune. Now, the last time I spoke to you was actually on April 12th when we had the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction. And I told you, that's a really big deal. That hasn't happened since 1856 in the sign of Pisces. They get together every 13 years, but they have not gotten together in the sign of Pisces since 1856. Pretty, pretty big stuff. Now, Venus is joining up with them to create this stellium or this thruple, as I said, and that is kind of once in a lifetime astrology. I don't think we're going to see a conjunction like this in the sign of Pisces again. I didn't actually look into it, but I'm pretty certain. I don't think I need to look it up, but usually I do before I make a statement like that, but that's how pretty certain I am about it. So this is a recipe for feeling extremely over-emotional. And oh yeah, we're in the eclipse vortex. So everyone's going to be feeling at the top in terms of emotionality, in terms of what they can handle, in terms of whatever it is that's manifesting for you. So for me, I've just been feeling really tired the past two days like so, so, so tired and then having these spurts of feeling really motivated and then feeling really exhausted again. So nothing is at a sustainable steady pace, which is really the hallmark of Taurus season. When we have a lot of planets in Taurus, you usually have that steady, sustainable energy that can take you for a really long time. You know, they are like the endurance athletes of the Zodiac. So it's interesting with all this Taurus energy to have these high highs and the low lows. But of course, that makes sense because we also have four planets in Pisces and the Venus 
activation of Neptune and Jupiter is super major. You can't count that out. I mean, I think that's really the defining energy of the week other than the eclipse. And I, I venture to say that you might not even feel the eclipse as much until the weekend. For the week, you're really feeling that Pisces thruple. So when we're working with Venus and Neptune and Jupiter, say yes to the tears, order both desserts, don't skimp, don't get the cheap thing, treat yourself, indulge, and trust the opportunities that fall into your lap. There is a sense of destiny at play right now. And I know that my motto is you dictate your fate. And as I said, 90% of life and astrology is free will and the choices that you make. But this week, there's going to be some magic. Expect miracles, as they say in A Course in Miracles. Expect magic. Expect the unexpected this week. On Wednesday, of course, Venus joins Neptune, and that's going to be its own romantic experience because Venus and Neptune are the two most romantic planets in the zodiac. Venus is also exalted right now. She is at the degree of exaltation in Pisces at 27 degrees Pisces. And that is pretty big deal that this conjunction is happening at that point in the sky because every planet has an exact degree in the sky in a particular sign where it is most powerful, most exalted. And Venus is there. She's at 27 degrees Pisces this week when she meets up with them. I mean, technically she's there on Saturday when she meets up with Jupiter, which is pretty major, but we're feeling her power all week. And she is the ruler of the solar eclipse on Saturday too, which we're going to get back to. The thing is as good and exciting, as good and as exciting as all of this astrology is, and I do think it is pretty spectacular. Pisces energy can be really naive and gullible and believe in fairy tales. So while I want you to be open to receiving, to trust what shows up for you, I don't want you to lose your sense of logic. And luckily, Mercury is still in Taurus. So we are going to have grounded thinking that is logical and rational because Mercury in Taurus likes to be logical, but he is answering to that Venus in Pisces. And so we might believe in fairy tales this week. We might believe in the white knight. We might believe that someone's coming to save us. And it's probably not true. I mean, it might be true for you, but most likely if it hasn't been true yet, then it's probably not true now. So I just want to give that caveat because I don't want to be all rose-colored glasses this week and then you feel like you got caught out there with some circumstance where you were believing someone that was obviously trying to take advantage of you. So be aware that people who are manipulative and conniving will prey upon the gullible, naive, trusting Piscean nature that we are all swimming in this week. Now, the hope is that they're swimming in it too, and they're feeling compassionate and empathetic because that's also part of Pisces. The other side of this is that 
Pisces is an incredible energy of forgiveness. So when we have a big pileup of planets in this sign, especially planets that feel so deeply like Venus, Neptune, and Jupiter, which all have to do with our values and faith and our beliefs, it's an incredible opportunity to forgive and to release some old resentments. So if there is something that you know it's time to let it go so that you can feel more free. It's a good opportunity for it. Doesn't mean that you have to talk to the person. Doesn't mean that you have to put yourself in a situation that is not comfortable or safe, but it does mean that it's a good opportunity for you to do some healing for yourself. Keep your side of the street clean. Have you ever thought I would love to set my new moon intentions with Veronica? If so, I have the perfect thing for you. Every month in online yoga club, I teach a new moon and a full moon restorative ritual. You get to join me not only for restorative yoga and meditation practice, but also you get to set your intentions with me. We do some journaling work. It is a wonderful bringing together of all of the things that are part of my own spiritual practice. I'd love to have you join us. You can go to veronicapretty.com slash yoga and learn more about online yoga club. Now, also on Wednesday, when Venus is dancing with Neptune and they're having a lovely romantic date in the sky, Mercury will be sextiling Jupiter. And this is interesting because Mercury has had sextiles with all of these Pisces planets, Venus, Neptune, Jupiter. And this is the last one. Mercury is finishing up his conversations with these planets And as he finishes up these little coffee chats that he's having with each of these planets in the thruple, he is going to take all those dreams, all those fantasies, all those creative ideas that you have percolating in that Piscean part of your chart. He's going to take those and he's going to bring them over to Pluto. And Pluto is in Capricorn, as you well know, because we've been talking about that Pluto return of the USA for many, many, many months now. Pluto is in Capricorn at 28 degrees. We're going to get to him too. But him and Mercury together, oh man, Mercury and Pluto, when they're both in Earth signs, they know how to strategize. So they're taking those Piscean dreams and fantasies and ideas and creative juices, and they are creating a strategy for you to put them into play, to make them happen. You might get some information on Thursday when Mercury trines Pluto that has thus far been hidden from view. It might be something helpful. It might not be something you want to hear, but is something that you probably need to know. And that may occur on Thursday or maybe a day before or a day after or maybe a little after the eclipse. There's so much happening in the sky that it's hard to parse out or tease out what is doing what without looking at your chart. And even if I looked at your chart, it might end up still being just a collection of everything going on. But that doesn't matter. Just know that you want to keep your eyes and your ears open to messages that are coming through. And remember, messages from the universe can come from anywhere. Now, on Friday, we have a big change in energy, a shift change, if you will. Pluto will station to retrograde. 
Now, every year around this time, when we move into what we call retrograde season in astrology, I give this warning. Outer planet retrogrades are not a big deal. So half the year Pluto is retrograde. The only time it is a big deal and the only time that we really want to pay attention to it is when he stations. So he will station on Friday. If there wasn't so much other stuff going on, that would be the main thing we would talk about today. And I'm pretty sure last year when Pluto stationed, I talked about it the entire podcast. But today it is an afterthought because that's how big the astrology is this week. So yes, Pluto is stationing to retrograde. Do not freak out about it. It's okay. If anything, sometimes when Pluto retrogrades, it actually dials down the heat on all the parts of our life that are very quickly transforming. Now, the caveat is that it's eclipse season. So that is like putting all of your big changes into a pressure cooker. If they normally took a year to manifest, they'd they go in 12 minutes, right? So I don't think the Pluto retrograde is a big deal. Don't freak out about it. People just get freaked out about retrogrades in general now because we're all so conditioned with Mercury retrograde, but even Mercury retrograde, it's not a bad thing. It's a necessary thing. And speaking of Mercury retrograde, speak of the devil, he moves into Gemini on Friday and he's already in his pre-shadow. So he's going to retrograde on May 10th. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about Mercury and Gemini next week because there's so much to talk about. Just know that He's delivering some messages. Him and Pluto, they're put putting some things into view for you this week that you may need to see. And perhaps you haven't seen it before, you hadn't heard it before, or maybe you didn't want to allow yourself to see it or hear it. So make a note of what's going on now. Make sure that you journal this week and write down notes about what's coming up for you, what you're feeling, what's happening. Because when Mercury does retrograde in May, he's going to find his way back to these degrees, the late degrees of Taurus. So some of the things that are happening right now are probably going to bubble up to the surface again in about four weeks time, five weeks time. All right. No freaking out about the retrogrades. No freaking out about Mercury retrogrades. It hasn't even started yet. We're just in the pre-shadow. I just wanted to give you a heads up about it. Now, I want to go back to the eclipse before we finish up because this solar eclipse on Saturday at 4.28 p.m. Eastern, it contains that Venus conjunct Jupiter in the chart because Venus is going to join Jupiter at 5.14 p.m. Eastern, so right after it. There is abundance and luck written all over this solar eclipse. It has Venus as the chart ruler, and she is at her exaltation point of 27 degrees Pisces with Jupiter. So there is a benevolence. There is a feeling of being loved and cared for and protected around this chart. It is pretty spectacular chart as far as charts go. If a baby was born at this moment, they'd be a pretty interesting person. I'll put it that way. The solar eclipse is also conjunct Uranus. So it's four degrees away, almost five, but still for all intents and purposes conjoined. And whenever Uranus is involved, there is a desire to break free. 
and to no longer be attached to the old patterns, the old way of doing things, the traditional way that you have operated. So there is a sense of liberation with this solar eclipse, even though it's really an invitation to sit back and receive. There's also a feeling of you're going to feel a sense of freedom or a fresh beginning on the other side of it. Now, Mars is in Pisces right now as well. He's just at the earlier degrees of Pisces, so he's not part of that thruple that we were talking about. So Mars in Pisces is actually in a sextile with the solar eclipse, with the sun and the moon. So you're being driven by inspiration and creativity right now. There's also a possibility that you're feeling exhausted by compassion and empathy because Mars and Pisces can go either way. It can feel really driven by the creative force or it can feel really drained by the forces of compassion and empathy because both are part of that Pisces archetype. Now, the Pisces thruple is in a trine and a sextile to the nodes. So that's pretty powerful as well. So that means the nodes are having a nice conversation with all of that dreaming and all of that romanticism that's going on in the late degrees of Pisces. And Saturn is still in a square with the nodes, which means that your karma is at work here. There is destiny at play. So whenever we're talking about Saturn, we're talking about karma. We're talking about the actions we've taken in the past and a sense of duty and a sense of devotion and a sense of respect to our boundaries and respect to our work. So there's something about karma that's going on here. There's something about what you're meant to do. There's something about your destiny. There's something about breaking free. There's something about being driven by your inspiration as well as your compassion and empathy. There's so much goodness in this eclipse chart, and I really hope that it manifests that way. But I do have to just remind you, the rule of eclipses is expect the unexpected. So your themes for the week, say yes, be open to receiving whatever it is that comes your way. That doesn't mean that accept it, just be open to receiving it. If it sounds like hogwash, then, you know, use your rational thinking. Palms open receive the miracles, expect miracles, expect the unexpected, be open to knowing that this might move you on your path in an unexpected way, and give yourself space for the emotional outpouring because it's a highly emotional chart all week this week. So give yourself space for the emotions to come up, for the exhaustion to set in. I know not all of us control our schedule as much as I do, which I'm very fortunate to do, but If you can give yourself some space in your schedule, please do. And resist the urge to rush into something or to rush to do something or to rush to fill the calendar. I know there's a sense of urgency right before an eclipse, but really resist the urge to give into that urgency. And if you have planets at the early degrees of the fixed signs, as I said earlier, you're really going to feel this eclipse. So you need to do all of that even more. Give yourself space. Give yourself time. Expect the unexpected, be open to the emotional upheaval, be open to receiving whatever it is. Know that it might not look the way it's going to end up right now because we're really in the mess. You know, we're really at the beginning of this eclipse season, okay? So I will talk to you next week. You know where to find me. I would love to hear how the eclipse season is going for you. You can text me 
and you'll get my mini text horoscopes throughout the week. I usually send two or three. You can text me at 917-540-3401. Text I'm in to join the free text community. I'd love to have you in there. And then of course you can text me and tell me what's going on with your eclipse story. How is it happening for you and what's happening and what's coming up? And I hope it's treating you well. All right. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. It's such an honor to be here in your ears every week. If you like the show, I hope that you take the time to rate and review it either on Apple or Spotify. And if you have a friend who you think might like the show, you can share this episode with them right from your podcast feed. All right. I'll talk to you next week.